Thanks for joining us for this Field Talk podcast from the Linder Farm Network. According to the Minnesota DNR, the state has over a half million acres of irrigated farmland. About 81.5 billion gallons of water are applied annually. With several consecutive dry years, irrigation has become increasingly important to some growers across Minnesota. In 2023, the Minnesota State Legislature toughened penalties for irrigation permit violations. Jake Wildman, president of the Irrigators Association of Minnesota, and Tom Hine of R.D. Offit joined the Linder Farm Network's Linda Brecky to highlight the changes and farmer concerns. Joining us on the Linder Farm Network, Jake Wildman, president of the Irrigators Association of Minnesota. Jake, first of all, the dry conditions, the hot conditions, a big topic. How serious is the drought in Minnesota? It's been a challenging summer, no doubt about it. Uh, we started out um, uh, the, the June with, with how hot and, and dry um, it was. Uh, it made for uh, some challenges starting out right away. And, and uh, um, as the summer progressed here, the it was such a rainfall was so variable throughout the state. Um, just in my local area here in uh, uh, the Bonanza Valley, uh, where we farm, uh, the north. I'm on the northern edge, and, and the southern edge had down by the Bruton Belgrade area was was getting rain and and we would uh, we'd be unfortunate to get uh, a couple tents and they would they would have gotten an inch so um, it just started out and I think that was fairly common throughout the entire state um, just so variable so spotty and then uh, fortunately the um, you know, towards the end of July first part of August uh, some widespread rain was came through the area and and uh but it's still just it still just wasn't quite enough to to uh it, it helped us no doubt about it uh, we were able to shut down center pivot irrigation here for for you know five to seven days but and that's pretty rare in the month of august but as it uh this heat ramped up it just we were we were right back at it just because we um our crop is still using quite a bit of quite a bit of moisture here and quite um so we're just uh we're trying to get to the finish line here, but it's definitely definitely posed its challenges, um, and uh, we're just very thankful that that we have the the center pivot irrigation to to get us through some of these dry spells. So. And as president of the Irrigators Association of Minnesota, what are some of the other issues that you're dealing with right now? This past legislative session, we we were um, uh, a few things that came up that. Uh, that posed a, a negative impact towards towards irrigation, and and uh, um, I won't get into too many details of them. But the uh, main one that we were focused on was uh, an increased penalty um, language that the uh, legislation uh, passed um, both the House and the Senate, and ended up in the Environment Bill, and, and then passed by the governor. So um, uh, the gist of it, the high level um, description of it, is we were the we're looking at uh, um, increased penalties and fines for uh, uh, irrigation, for irrigation um, possible for, for um, permit violations. And, um, and in most years, permit violations, uh, a.k.a. going over um, our allocation that the DNR gives us every year um, is never a big deal. But um, 2021 was a, a difficult year for us. And, uh, and then also this year has been a um, 2021 was more of a widespread issue. This year is kind of localized areas. Um, not everybody is facing, like I said, you've, some guys have been able to catch some of those rains, but 
we're just uh, we're very concerned about the the increased penalties um, going from twenty twenty five thousand now to forty thousand dollars per per violation. So we're we're in constant contact with the with the DNR and and trying to work through that and and uh, um, conversations have been um, had many here throughout the last winter and into the summer here and and we'll continue those conversations and so it's just uh, the the uh, that was our biggest challenge here this this summer is is where where we sit on that and a lot of unknowns yet which is unfortunate because we're we're uh, um, we don't know where where we're at with with how the DNR is going to view view a drought when Minnesota gets into a widespread drought like this so like I said we're working through them um, we're doing our best and we're gonna we're gonna continue those conversations so that's been the, pretty much the biggest topic here this summer and so that brings us to the next question. You know, what if you couldn't irrigate? Why is irrigation so important for agricultural production in portions of the state of Minnesota? Oh man, Linda, if, if we couldn't irrigate, the last um, the last couple of years have uh, um, shown just. I mean, we we always knew how important irrigation was to to the areas that 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 have it throughout the state, but these last couple of years have have uh, um, just been. I mean. I'll give you an example. This year, we uh, um, we raise on our farm. We raise some some small grains, some dry land wheat, and uh, um, this year we averaged about 18 bushels the acre. Um, there's going to be some dry land corn here that that I've seen in in our area that uh, it's going to be lucky to go to go 100. Um, so it, I just I can't stress enough the importance that we've. Uh, um, the importance of this irrigation in these specific parts of the state. It just we couldn't we could not raise a crop. The, the last couple of years would be a, would have been a um, such a detrimental um, impact to our business that it wouldn't have uh, it, it would have just been a um, I don't know I don't know I mean it, it would have been hard to continue on because senior crop uh, dry up uh, drought stress and, and dwindle away every day. Um, it's uh, it's hard on a guy driving around, and so to be able to have that irrigation um, and to use it sustainably and and to manage it appropriately and and uh, um, this year it's it's no different. I mean we're we're using the tools that are available to us to to we account for every drop that we put on, and and we know that uh, um, we've got soil moisture sensors out in the field telling us. Uh, we got tools in our toolbox telling us when to when to water and when's enough, and and those have been just, those have been so important the last couple of years too to to conserve water to the best of our ability. Um, and uh, and we're using and a lot of us are using those tools. So um, I can't imagine what it would be like without uh, without having those available to us um, and having to irrigate the last couple of years because it's just been um, it's been challenging, no doubt about it. And if our listeners would like to find out more and learn more about um, irrigation in the state of Minnesota and how irrigation is done wisely by producers, what's the best way to go about that? Absolutely. You can check out our uh, website, um, www.mnirrigator.org, um, and uh, a lot of our information's on there. Um, uh, more information about the Irrigator Association of Minnesota and then links to um, irrigation research, research at the University of Minnesota Extension. Um, and then uh, we also post our quarter, quarterly newsletter on there every uh, um, 
that comes out four times a year. And uh, so you have an opportunity, if you're not on the mailing list, you can uh, read through that. And that a uh, lot, of, lot of good information um, with uh, everything new in the irrigation industry. And, and um, there's, there's different people that write in, range from soil and water districts to Minnesota Department of Natural Resources to um, irrigation dealers. And, and it's a very well-rounded uh, article, kind of keeps you up with the latest and greatest information in the irrigation industry. Thanks, Jake. Jake Wildman, president of the Irrigators Association of Minnesota and farmer from the Glenwood area. And joining us here on the Linder Farm Network, Tom Hine, Midwest Regional Farm Manager with RDO. Tom, first of all, tell us how has irrigation technology evolved over the years? And what are some of the new innovations that help protect water and the environment? Yeah, so there's there's been a lot of changes and, and more coming. Um, you know, we've we've taken grasp of some new things that we've proven out and enjoyed working with so far. Um, you know, one of the biggest things we've implemented is ultrasonic flow meters that we can move around to all the pivots and, you know, test and verify what those pivots are actually putting on versus what we think they're putting on. And uh, that one's been a, a big eye-opener for us. You know, we're not getting as much water on the crop as what we initially thought. So so that's been a, a good education for us. Um, you know, soil moisture probes um, have been around for a long time, but, you know, we've, we've finally experienced some that are easy to put in. Um, we've been working with Valley Irrigation and their Sentec drill and drop probes. And, um, you know, we have a couple hundred of those spread out throughout the Midwest here that are uh, great tools to tell us, you know, most of them are 24 to 36 inches long. And uh, they tell us what that moisture level is every two inches and where that water's at and, you know, how long we can go before we need to turn a pivot back on after rains and things like that. And uh, that whole model uh, uses the potato crop growth cycle. So as the crop grows and and the roots and things work down, you know, it shows us where the, you know, they can pull water from and, uh, has dramatically reduced our our irrigation needs. And I would say the newest thing uh, that we've worked with this year too is the uh, ground penetrating radar, um, working with a company called Autonomous Pivot. And that's a uh, ground penetrating radar that hangs on the pivot. And instead of giving us just one location in the field, seeing what the moisture is like, it pulls a sample every 30 minutes as the pivot goes around and um, tells us what the moisture is. So that's, that's been a good addition this year and the guys have really liked it um, with, uh, you know, a very user-friendly interface. And Tom, how do you know when to water and how much water is needed? So, uh, you know, a few things we use, you know, um, of course we use these technologies, these new ones I just talked about to kind of tell us, you know, when, when and how much we need to water. Um, you know, these, these new technologies also look at uh, weather forecasts and, and tell us, you know, you have a high chance of rain. Uh, let's consider not, not watering until this day. And, and that's helped out quite a bit. But I think, honestly, the thing we still do to this day, which hasn't changed in the last 40, 50 years, is, 
we're actually going out still uh, with a fork and digging digging into the hills and just doing a you know a, a hand field test to make sure that uh, you know what we're getting is is uh, where it needs to be. Tom, can you talk a little bit more uh, about the ramifications of overwatering? Well, and that's that's one interesting thing. You know, there's absolutely no benefit to overwatering potatoes. Um, it's a it's a root crop that grows under the ground, and uh, a potato by nature just wants to to rot on its own. So, overwatering actually does more harm to us. Um, so that's that's one thing we always keep an eye on, and uh, we we use this potato growth model that universities and things have have put out, which kind of show us what the crop needs at its different growth stages and kind of what the stress level is during those times. So we're we're um, actually using that to just uh, give the crop only what it needs when it needs it, and looking at each and every field individually. Tom, tell us a little bit more about about RDO, what you do, and um, what type of a year uh, potato growers are having. Yeah, so uh, RD Offit Farms is a sustainable family farm that's been in operation for 60 years. Um, I've been with the company 25 years, and uh, we've seen lots of changes, and, uh, you know, definitely technology has helped us. Um, you know, reinforce some of the decisions we're making are good and have also taught us, you know, what, what stresses we can put on the crop. Um, yep. And, and that's just typically what we're trying to watch is just, uh, you know, what level of stresses the crop can handle with, you know, overwatering from mother nature and, uh, you know, how much we can, uh, you know, deficit irrigate and things. Um, and, and two, you know, I would definitely say the last, three, four summers have been a, an interesting one. Um, you know, we, we use pivot irrigation as a supplemental source. And um, the last three years, uh, Mother Nature has not uh, given us a whole lot of water. So we've, we've actually had to, had to pump more to, you know, give the crop its needs and try to help, you know, provide a sustainable, um, you know, healthy food source for people. Tom, thank you for taking time today to visit with us here on the Linder Farm Network. Tom Hine, Midwest Regional Farm Manager at RDO. Thanks for joining us. Find other podcasts on linderfarmnetwork.com, on Apple and Spotify. And stay up to date with the latest farm news and market analysis on your local LFN affiliate.